People say, why didn't you do this in 96? Why you done more this election? I'd have voted for you. If you'd made the Visa commercial before the election, I'd have voted for you. Former presidential nominee Bob Dole. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. Tomorrow, November 3rd, is Election Day, as America chooses its president. It's been a long, tough campaign, not always a lot to laugh about. But politicians do need a sense of humor, and their constituents need a sense of humor. So in 1998, Bob Dole, who was the unsuccessful Republican candidate in 1996, compiled a book of political humor, presidential humor, Now, of course, Bob Dole himself wasn't exactly widely known for his comic genius, but when I met him in 1998, he showed that, yes, politicians, even conservative Republicans, do have a sense of humor. So here now, from 1998, Bob Dole. Well, I think everybody, I go back to Eisner, who was my hero, and he said, you've got to have a sense of humor, and and I had this great smile. He could just, you know, people melt away with that Eisenhower grin. And other people, Adlai Stevenson, the sharpest wit, you know, up to his time. I mean, he was tough and sharp and incisive. And I've met others, uh, like former Congressman Mo Udall of Arizona, a great guy, a Democrat who ran for president. He said if he, if you're a nominator, you'd flee to Mexico, and if he were elected, he would fight extradition. I mean, all this kind of stuff. And uh, plus, uh, people like former Senator Alan Simpson, who's a great storyteller. He's not much of a quipster or counterpuncher, but he's a great storyteller. And Jack Kennedy and Reagan, of course, are the best. President Kennedy, President Reagan. They not only had great delivery, but great timing, and they had good writers. But that's that's one of the secrets. What you, what you, something you just said is the secret to great politics and great humor: timing. Timing is everything, timing isn't it? Is everything. And uh, people say, "Why didn't you do this in '96? Why you done more this election? I'd have voted for you. If you'd made the Visa commercial before the election, I'd have voted for you." Bob, Max, how you doing? Good to see you. Great lunch. Mark, take a check. Of course, Bob. Can I see some ID? Driver's license, passport, military ID, voters' Maybe it's time you tried the Visa check card. No questions asked, no ID needed. I, I just can't win. I said, Did you, you know, people around Washington, the press knew, you know, they were always, always had a lot of fun together in a decent way. You want to be able to show, be certain you point the humor at yourself. Don't go out there harpooning somebody. I mean, I've done that. It doesn't pay. In a very in an insensitive way, I used to have a great joke about head injuries. About you know that I left that I was wounded in the war, had a head injury, and then went into politics. Well, a lot of people laughed about it, but I had a a letter from the Head Injury Association. You know, I never realized. I mean, I was out there having fun. I didn't mean to hurt anybody, but this was 15, 20 years ago, and I was hurting somebody. So yet, you, you learn over a period of time. The best way to do it is to poke fun at yourself or some nice little gentle nudge with somebody else. And uh, you also got a couple of jokes in there from Sonny Bono. Now, here's a man who was known when he was alive for mostly in his show business days for right. being funny. And all of a sudden now he's being serious. He's, he's a member of Congress. He's legislating. Is it easier for a funny man to be taken seriously or for a serious man to be funny? I think it's more surprising for a serious person to be, to be funny. I mean, people say, well, conservative, Republican, they're not funny. You know, like, well, I think Barry Goldwater helped to spell that, and certainly Ronald Reagan did. I mean, Barry Goldwater was talking one time about, you know, Jews couldn't play at the golf course. He said, well, I'm half Jewish. Can I play nine holes? You know, so, you know, all all this stuff. And, and of course, Reagan, I'm just looking at one here. He said he was, uh, he didn't know about, he ordered production of the B-1. Hell, he thought it was a vitamin. He didn't know it was an airplane. 
So you get all these good people just have a lot of fun. And, pe- you know, there's some people never, some people don't like people with a sense of humor. I don't, I don't know whether it's, you, you can pick them out in the crowd, you just sort of sit there like, who is this guy up there? Everybody else is breaking up and there'd be one guy in the audience. <laughs> so anyway, you know, I don't know why he came. That's what I tell him. You, you ought to go to some other meeting. But uh, it's a lot of fun and, uh, and I really think... Uh, as I look back over my career, all the meetings we had in my office and on the Senate floor and talk show, just one little nice little line to break the ice really helps. But coming back to something you said a moment ago, I've talked to so many people since the 96 campaign who said, if only we'd seen the way he he was on Letterman or on Saturday Night Live, if you'd shown that side a little bit more, maybe you could have swayed Yeah, well, we'd been on shows like that before, but in 96, of course... Uh, I don't think Clinton wanted to go on shows, and they had all this equal time thing. And, of course, the Visa people, they weren't looking to get involved in the 96 campaign, so it was after the election. But, uh, you know, I've thought about it a lot, and, and I, I think, you know, we were. When we had fundraisers or little warm-up meetings or rallies, we always tried to say a few things kind of funny to relax people. But it's one thing I've learned, it's difficult to be funny if you're speaking outdoors. I mean, I mean there's no limits. You look out there, and there's no... You know, nothing confines the crowd. I mean, just speaking into the wind. And I like to be indoors where you get you look people in the eye and say, you know, I, I make a contact with a lady here and a man here, a young person over here. And if they're kind of laughing, I say, well, I must be saying the right thing. But, uh, you know, some presidents, we don't have much on some presidents. They weren't very funny. <laughs> so... Well, at a time like this, especially inside the Beltway, when there's so much talk of impeachment or resignation or high crimes and misdemeanors, there doesn't seem to be much to laugh about. No, and I think, uh, you know, I was, I, I can't believe the New York Times, I was up there last week, and this this guy wrote a piece that I'd time my book tour so I'd go out and criticize Clinton. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Here it was in black and white in the New York Times, this stupid reporter. I mean, he's so biased and prejudiced. He, we planned the book tour starting in April. So... Anyway, but uh, he's an exception, but he puts it in the paper, and I get asked about it. So, did you time this to go out and beat up Clinton? I said, listen, I'm not beating up Clinton in the first place. I'm trying to be objective and fair about it. But I think you're right. The timing is good. Uh, I'm, I'm going to send President Clinton one of the books. He's got some of his lines in there, some of Hillary's lines, and even found a couple of three for Newt. And uh, so I've got, to, you know, I covered the waterfront, uh, and hopefully in a way that's good spirits, not mean spirits. Yeah, exactly. As you said a moment ago, this, there's nothing, there's, there's no uh, uh, raunchy the David Letterman or Jay Leno kind of, or Rush Limbaugh kind of jokes. These are, the, these are the jokes that many people told on themselves. Yeah, we have one, I think, chapter 21, we just put in a few Leno lines and Letterman about me, so I figured, well, it's about me, but I, you know, I've been using Grecian form as long I got it from the original Grecian, you know, so <laughs> things like that. So, uh, but... Uh, and that what Letterman had one about when, when I first ran for office, Michigan wasn't a state, you know, so, <laughs> so, you know about the age thing. So um, who knows? And I had the record, I think, in 96, on 832 late-night jokes about Bob Dole. Now it's been surpassed by Clinton, and Dan Quayle is about to pass me. So it's like McGuire and Sosa. I mean, I, I had the record, but it only lasted two years. <laughs> Well, here's Dan Quayle. Here's, I've interviewed him. He's a brilliant yeah. man. And, and, but something does sometimes kind of get lost between the cranium and, and the mouth because in writing he's a brilliant man, but he's got a great sense of humor about himself too, doesn't he? Yeah, you gotta, I watched Dan and I told him, I said, you know, you, that guy's catching on. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to watch yourself. I found myself in Connecticut last week, and when you're thinking about 15 different things, you know, I, I told about one 
event, and I found myself, you know, later talking about it again. So I was like, God, these people think I've lost my mind or something. So I said, now I want to reemphasize that point. As I said earlier, you know, let's get away with it that way, but some people, this guy has lost his marbles. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, I guess if you're on a campaign trail, especially running for president, you better have a sense of humor. Yeah, I remember being in uh, San Diego and, say, you know, you get up there and saying it's great to be back in San Francisco again. It kind of reminds me of those Marriott TV ads where a good night's rest, you know. <laughs> so, but uh, you make mistakes, and we all make mistakes, and... Uh, the pronunciation of names sometimes will kill you, too. I mean, you get up and if you can't pronounce my name, it's an insult to people. You know, if you can't pronounce And so you struggle and struggle with some of these, particularly these uh, foreign visitors who come to see you from all these different countries. I didn't just call them by their first name, Bill or Joe, and say, well, we're great friends. But think how embarrassing. I mean, to stand up, as Jimmy Carter did in front of a convention on national television and refer to Hubert Horatio hornblower. For him to be able to laugh about that later says a lot about his character. Oh, it certainly does. And uh, somebody said Ted Kennedy was talking about uh, Mike McGuire here the other day, out loud, and, and Sammy Sousa. Oh, so here's a guy, the big baseball fan. He, you know, at least he ought to follow the Boston Red Sox. But uh, anyway, and, uh, yeah, people make those mistakes. <laughs> Somebody even count as, oh, he's got more Kennedy jokes than Reagan joke. He must be a nice guy. So, you know, I said, well, I didn't count the jokes. I mean, we could, you know, come on, if they're funny, we put him in there. And we could have put in another hundred pages, but, you know, there are enough there for... I figure that most people running for office, there are plenty of jokes there to get them through the primary and through the general, and after that, they're on their own. You know, they got to think of something for themselves. No, a lot of people like to cover, though, because I'm sitting on an elephant, and my little dog, Leader, who's not too well these days, he's about 16 years old. And, you know, sometimes I'm learning that the cover may sell the book, and people see that picture... And they see me smiling, and they say, oh, who in the hell is that smiling? That can't be Bob Dole smiling. <laughs> so anyway, they buy the books, they make sure they got a copy of it. But, uh, no, it's very quick, 21 chapters. We've got it all broken down. You want to talk about conservatism, liberalism, governing, vice presidents, presidents, all right in there. And I, I think the best, and I'll close with I think the best line, which is an old one. The lady asked her, was sort of upset with Churchill, and she said, if you were my husband, I would poison your coffee. And he said, if you were my wife, I would drink it. <laughs> Bob Dole was awarded the Congressional Gold Medal in 2017. Not necessarily for his humor. Bob Dole is 97 now. Have you subscribed yet to Now I've Heard Everything? We post new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, it's the 25th anniversary of the assassination of the Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin. So we'll be revisiting my 1997 interview with his widow, Leah Rabin. Everybody likes to portray him as the warrior that one day decided to become the man of peace. This is really all wrong. He was a man of peace all his life. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. <laughs>